You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week four of Sacred Rhythms on the topic of Scripture. Good morning. I am glad to be here today. I wasn't sure it was going to happen because my husband was sick. And uh, so we can pray for Don. Um, But he is doing better this morning and sent me with his blessing. So I am going to leave a little bit earlier today to be with him. So anyway, glad to be with you. The Lord bless you today. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I will take his blessing. Um, So there's a verse from John 10 up here, and I would like someone... Raise your hand and read that verse. Thank you. (laughs) Good. Someone else, maybe with a different inflection? My sheep hear my voice. Good. Someone else, emphasize a different word. My sheep hear my voice. So, can you hear how? meaning could change when you emphasize a different word. That's why context is so important. And that's also why uh, knowing the author, we can't fully tell from a written sentence how the author might be intending it, depending on the emphasis or the inflection. So we need to also have a basic understanding of the nature of the author. Um, On the other hand, Have you read a note or an email from a friend and you could just about hear their voice in your head when you're reading it. You can picture them writing it, maybe their accent, they're from New York or whatever. You can just hear it. Um, And when we know the individual, truly know them, it helps with our interpretation and our understanding. So I shared a couple weeks ago how what I first saw being a Christian as adhering to a list of do's and don'ts. And the Ten Commandments fit my misperception. I mean, think about it. Even the word command means God is imposing something on me, something against my will, Um, right? So my picture of him was already decided. So everything I read kind of fit that lens. And I heard that commanding tone with the wagging finger, do this, don't do that. Um, all caps. So when I read the same words years later, I heard an entirely different tone and therefore interpretation. This time, I heard the plea of a God who wants to relate to his people and give them some guidelines. I heard the plea of a, of a father saying, don't make these wrong choices. This is the way to go. This will bring you life. <clears throat> And instead of this wagging finger, it was more like an open embrace. Like, join me in this. This is, this is a loving way to live. This is, this is a way to live in community. There is safety here. This is my love. He wanted to protect my heart from straying from him as the source of truth and life. So these are gifts given to us, but when you don't see them as gifts, 
and you don't see the, the nature of the one behind them, it makes a difference in how we interpret it, which is why we're going through these disciplines and getting to know God and his, through his word. Because he's not here to judge and condemn. He's here to, to warn. He gives us the word to warn, to protect, to invite into deeper relationship with him. So what made the difference between the two tones I had heard? I had become much more acquainted with the author <clears throat> and his heart of love for me and his character. I had begun to hear his voice like his sheep following him. And it was freeing me of the misconstructions and restructuring my thoughts around truth. I began seeking God for who he is, not out of fear of punishment or what I could get out of it, but really, who are you, God, and how can I get to know you? I had prayed specifically, please reveal your goodness to me. <clears throat> Sorry, I got this froggy thing going. I declare the truth that your word, in your word, that you are good. I place my trust that you are good. But when I read these things, I don't understand. I need you to interpret them for me. And then when I look at my life and the circumstances that I'm facing, they don't look good. They don't feel good. So please reveal your goodness to me. And hasn't our enemy whispered words of doubt to the goodness of God ever since the Garden of Eden? Causing us to question his goodness. <clears throat> so I believe God loves to hear us when we ask him to show himself. He tells us to seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. And what do we find? We find more of him. So I can't stand before you and say when I ask him to reveal, you know, your goodness in this situation that I understand the why. Because God doesn't often reveal the why. He reveals himself. And isn't that what we're, our heart really longs for? We want, we want to know the why of something, like this piece of information, if he explained it to me, would somehow make a big difference. No, he knows. What we really need to know is, are you good? Do you love me? Are you here? Are you faithful? Are you true? Can I stand on you? Can I be rooted in you? And that's what he reveals. He reveals more of himself. So as we seek, he reminds us <clears throat> of his presence. As God reveals his heart, it renews our minds. So renew means like a new way of seeing. So my response was very different when I began reading with this understanding that God is good and revealing himself. Because previously I had been judging unjustifiably the judge of the whole earth <laughs> based on my issues and my circumstances instead of based on his revealed truth. <clears throat> it's a side note here. Jewish scholars and people, Jewish people, consider the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words, words written by the finger of God on the tablets. And the law, they call the teaching. 
So you think about that <clears throat> if you're thinking command and law, it has a certain connotation. But when you see it as his teaching, it doesn't take away from the impact that the law is to be followed, that these are words of authority, but it kind of changes the perspective on, yes, this is God inviting me to know more about him. <clears throat> Have any of you had your heart misrepresented or your motives misunderstood? I bet most of us, if not all of us, have been there. It's an awful feeling. It hurts. And, and you want to, what, defend yourself, right? Explain yourself. But underneath it all, especially if the person who, isn't, who, who misrepresented you, you, can, you, you would think, you don't really know me. If you think, that's me, that's not who I am. That's not the way I think. So think about that feeling, and now let's see it in relation to God. <clears throat> How often is he misrepresented? How often do we take something because we have this perspective in our mind, and we place it on God, and it doesn't belong there? So we, he has given us his word. He has given us a revelation of himself, and saying, get to know me. Don't follow this misrepresentation. Don't follow the circumstances that seem contrary to what I am speaking. Trust me. Root yourself in me. We were talking at the table about Psalm 1, <clears throat> where our life flow comes from is where we're rooted. And as women, we want to be rooted in, in the soil of God's word. We want to be tuned in to the intent of his loving heart on every page to hear his voice and even his tone of love for us above the voices of others. It's so important to see from God's perspective and not our own. So my perspective here is here like a drop in a bucket. And God's perspective is this vast sea. He is perfect. He is all-knowing. He is he's omnipotent. All of this, he's very purposeful and I'm trying to look at things from my perspective and think I got it together. No, I don't think that, ladies, please. <laughs> Do not. But I need to align my perspective with his. His ways are higher. His ways are greater. And so um, as much as we can, we align by standing in the truth, by going through the word as we have been and asking him to reveal himself. So... The change is happening for me when I was hearing the tone change from this angry God to this loving Father. It happened gradually, <clears throat> but that's kind of what this training is. That's what training is. It's as you, I think of you, Ruth, as, as you, you play the drills of the piano over and over every day, doing the same drills and chords, and then suddenly you're like, I'm really enjoying this. I can make music. You know, or, or learning a language, parsing those verbs and getting everything down, and it just feels like, oh, am I ever going to get past this? And then suddenly you're like, I'm thinking in Spanish. I know that phrase. <laughs> you know? Um, if you stick long enough with something, the reward of the training is sweet. So I love this verse. 
do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. <clears throat> we want to be women of discernment. We want to see things rightly. So as we intentionally renew our mind, that's our part. We are being passively transformed. Anyone know the root of transform? Metamorphosis. So what do you think of when you think of metamorphosis? A butterfly. We do. We think of the caterpillar to the butterfly. So it means change in after being with or changing form in keeping with inner reality. So we're not changed into a butterfly, but we are changed into the likeness of Jesus. That is the point, and we get to participate. So when we read his word and take him at his word, which is another word for faith, not, not going by our feelings or circumstances, he reveals himself and is pleased to do so. And then we don't miss things like I did with, with seeing God a certain way. We pray for eyes open to see truth. So this rhythm that we're going through trains us to flip from seeing God through our broken filters <clears throat> and train our eyes to see the world through the filter of God's revealed truth. So we go through these things and we say, this is true about God, but how does this, how does this impact the way I'm looking at life? How does this align my life with his purposes? I had gotten to know God in more of his fullness and heart, not just through my particular lens. And there's a word for know, to know. It's a Hebrew word. It's yada. And it means to know in an intimate, experiential way. It's so rich in meaning, more than I can say here. But it's, it refers to the depth of relationships, like not just the facts. Like we've learned about the queen, Elizabeth too, the last couple months. And we've, we've heard about her routines and her preferences and her dogs and her life. Um, <clears throat> we've heard it from accounts of others and even from her own. And I, I'd read about her. I had even sent her a sympathy card <laughs> when Prince Philip died. And I sent her a congratulations card for her jubilee. I didn't know her. I knew facts about her, and she certainly didn't know me. But I contrast that with knowing my children. I have been there throughout their lives. I have been there for their boo-boos in their bath times. I have been there through their disappointments and, and the dreams that they have as I listen to them. And <clears throat> they're adult children now, but I, I know their dreams and their quirks. <laughs> And if I ask them a question, I have four. I know pretty much I can expect the answer from each one of them and how it lines up with their perspective and their personality. This is the kind of knowing that God has for us. And this is the kind of knowing he wants us for him. This is the relationship. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me because they know me, and they know my voice. <clears throat> I 
So this is the cycle of transformation, of holiness in our intimate relationship with him. So we read the word. He reveals himself. We grow in our love and our trust for him. Then we obey him. And he's so pleased. The more we obey, the more he reveals. And then it's just this, this cycle that we get to participate in this deepening relationship with him. We've talked about scripture being a vehicle to, being, to bring about transformation and holiness. And we see how our approach to scripture is significant. We train and renew not to earn love, not to score points, not to feel better about ourselves. It's about getting to know him. Like Jesus, communing heart to heart, our goal is to connect deeply with the Father, to hear what his thoughts are and internalize them so they become resident in us. What we behold, or who, we become. I'll say it again. We become what we behold. That which we focus on, spend our time, energy, finances, anything that we invest in, they indicate the value and importance we place on it. We attach ourselves to what we invest in our hearts and our minds and our energy because they have they have influence over us, which is why God says to love him with our hearts and our soul and our mind and our strength to protect us from other influences. So what are some of those other influences? How are we influenced on a daily basis? Other people. Other voices. Anything else? Wait for that letter to come. <laughs> we were bombarded with all those mm -hmm. items. Yeah. And we are. We are surrounded by it. And some it's good. We listen to good podcasts. But there's also very, there's a lot of stuff that isn't good. And if we're not intentional about what we focus on and we're discerning, we're being formed passively. And so we're being formed passively if we're not purposefully intentional about who we follow, the voice of the shepherd that we follow. So we choose to focus on God's truth, to put it into perspective. So <clears throat> I'm going to say a phrase, and you fill in the last part. You shall know the truth, and you know that verse. I've even heard non-Christians quote that verse. <laughs> because we all want freedom, don't we? doesn't really say free from what, unless you read it in context. This is part of an if-then conditional statement. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. Then the truth will set you free. So we see the progression. We see the focus. We see who we're fixing our eyes on, which was, we read that verse earlier. 
Too often we want the freedom offered by Jesus without the discipline of following the one who sets us free. Remember, discipline is teaching, training. As we behold him, and again, when I say this, I mean meditating on his nature. And Christy went over this last week. Really reflecting and, and taking it in. We are transformed. The investment of time yields the fruit of deepening relationship and transformation. Sometimes we get hung up on counting the cost rather than cherishing the prize. So, um, early in our dating, Don would write his thoughts or emotions. Don is my husband. Pray for him, because <laughs> he's sick. Because um, he lives with me. <laughs> no, because he's sick. Um, or both. <laughs> so he would, he would write these you know, beautiful thoughts from his heart. And um, he would give them in cards and, and notes to me. And, and I would read and reread and reread them and take them in, because it was, it was like he was opening up a treasure chest of his soul to me. And because I was invested in him and, and would read these, I would essentially memorize them. I would take them into my heart, and it would become like, oh, this is how he thinks. This is, and I would respond accordingly. So we're talking today about the precious word of God and how much more so is his love letter to us and how much more if we, we, we think about he's offering this to us and we're invested in this, this is where we spend our time. This is where we spend our focus. And I know time is a precious thing and so we need to um, look at the big picture. How much time are we spending with some of these social things and how much time are we actually spending just meditating So we're going to be talking about memorizing the scriptures. Um, Did I hear an ugh memorizing? Oh, I can't do that. I'm afraid to do that. I I used to be able to do that, and now, no, we have to get over feeling like we can't do this. So I just went over a whole lot of the why. Why are we in the word? And now we're going to get to how we can do this. But the why is so important. It is our motivation. We're not just doing it to do it. We're doing it because we're invested in it and because it is God's heart revealing his heart to us, just like Don's cards. Um, So we can ask God to increase our desire and even our capacity to memorize. I do that a lot because I feel like I need him to increase my capacity. And think about the joy he receives when we treasure his word enough to commit it to memory. So as with anything, we begin with small steps. Ask God for a verse or passage that's meaningful to you. The Bible is beautifully broken down to verses, so we we learn them phrase by phrase. We review it daily, and then we add and extend it. So there are many ways um, of memorizing. There's this book. I don't know if anyone, have you ever heard Piercing Word? 
It's a group that has, they have amassed a huge amount of passages, scripture passages, like whole passages, like the New Testament, <laughs> in, in their team. And they, they have a whole lot of tips. And one of them is to have fun memorizing because what we, we remember what we experience. And so some of their tips, I'll just go over a few uh, quickly is there are several learning styles. One is auditory. So read it out loud. You're seeing it and you're hearing it. You could even record yourself or listen to a Bible app over and over again when you're in the shower, when you're putting on your makeup, when you're preparing a meal. Um, they say sing it or compose your own song. <laughs> Those who are uh, good with that, that, that would take off with that one. That would be great. Um, Use different inflections, which is what we did. Different character voices. Use Darth Vader or something. <laughs> Woody. I don't know. Make it fun, right? Because <laughs> you'll remember it more. So were your kids. Uh, then there's visual. So creating mental pictures. Having those note cards. I've seen beautiful verses in a calligraphy, and it just it just jumps out at you, and it's a way of visually remembering things. There's acronyms. There's kinesthetic, using hand motions. I've been using hand motions, but they don't really mean anything, do they? <laughs> Just talking with my hands. <laughs> um, no, but there's specific hand motions. And those who, who have a deaf ministry and know the, the language, it's amazing. Like, I think this is Abraham, because God stopped, you know, the, him from sacrificing his son. Like, there are amazing things that we can do to remember. Act it out. Make a rap. <laughs> That's your assignment. That's your homework for tonight. <laughs> anyway, speaking of music, I would like to share a personal experience. Um, I was a CNA for almost 15 years, and so I would care for the elderly. And I would be with them weeks, months, years, some of them. They might not remember my name. In fact, most likely they didn't. In fact, they might not remember their own. But if I sat with them and I just started humming a few bars of a hymn, their eyes would brighten up. Their faces, they, they would start singing every word of every stanza. And I was just amazed that it was, here they had this cognitive limitation that we could define them by. But no, it defied defining them because inside of them they had the doctrines of the faith and the words right there. So music is an amazing way of getting the word in us. Cindy, I just want to say <clears throat> that's why I think it's important for Christians to know the great hymns of the church mm -hmm. because the hymns have taught me so much about God and about the, the theology yeah. of my walk with God. Yeah. And I'll just share this, that Wayne and I have done singing at nursing homes, and we've had people come be brought up in wheelchairs. And we've actually had more than one occasion when we would start singing an old hymn and somebody in a wheelchair, and I, she's like this, yes. she, 
raises up and she she sings. She does the hymn. Sings every word of the hymn. Yeah. And then we are told she doesn't ever speak. She hasn't spoken in months. Yeah. 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 The power of because you have the words you have the melody you have the harmony you have the rhythm you have all those things coming in it's, it's, a, it's a triple whammy you know, <laughs> yes. you know so like I grew up singing all the hymns I know all the verses of a lot of the hymns I, I don't memorize them yeah. yep. but I know them You've heard them and they, over and over. They come back to me. Now, mm -hmm. other songs do that too. Mm -hmm. Worship songs do that too. But those things are deeply ingrained yes. in your heart and your mind. And they're there for a purpose mm -hmm. when you need them. Yes. And how many times have we wanted to read the word and we're just like, I don't, I don't get this. But we turn to music. We turn to praise songs or, or hymns or whatever. This, here's a plug for our Sunday, right? Um, it wasn't but that. <laughs> it was a, it no, was but a plug for the power yes, absolutely, of music absolutely. In, in yes, yes. So there, are, there are many ways. Music is a beautiful medium of getting the word inside. Um, and there are times I, I have to say that you can actually. I have. Maybe the reason um, I get, have gone so much into the why of doing this is because we can sing a worship song and not really be worshiping. I've been there. Anyone else? Mm -hmm. I can read the word and not and look for something to get out of it, and it's not there. Or I can give my offering without being that cheerful giver. You know, it's just what we do, right? No. This whole, the last couple weeks are, are contrary to that. It's engaging. It's our heart engaging God. I mean, as much as we do those things, um, singing without engaging, that's, it doesn't mean anything to us, and it means less to God. So it's kind of like, what is the point? The point is he wants our heart. So that is why we've been going over this. And that is why... Um, there is um, there's grace here because it looks differently for each of us. So this is the end of our scripture unit. Um, at the end of your, at, as you go to the homework this week, you'll see that you're asked to, pro, to process and to get a goal because if we don't have a goal in mind, then all of this would just be like, okay, check that off. We did that class. Um, no, the, the point is going over it and, and, get, and determining, what can I do, Lord? And ask him. This is a partnership. What, what is the goal? One small change at a time. So I don't know if you've heard of SMART goals. It's an acrostic, S-M-A-R-T. So S is to be specific, because if we don't have a specific goal, then anything can happen, which is pretty much what will what will happen? Like nothing. Um, and we'll, we'll feel listless. We won't, we won't have a plan. 
So I will, so this is an example. I'll read through the Bible in a year. Make it measurable. I'll follow a Bible reading plan. Christy has provided those. It's got to be achievable. I'll set aside 15, 20, 30 minutes a day. Start small. <laughs> Don't go to two hours. Um, be realistic. The time I set aside will be before the family gets up, maybe during my lunch break, maybe after the kids are on the bus, maybe after everyone's gone to bed. And T is time bound. It's kind of woven into this example. So you see, there you go. And the importance of making smaller steps because otherwise we're frustrated. We're looking at somebody else has this goal and maybe they're taller than we are, okay? So make it small, achievable, because that's training. You start small and then you add more and more and that you're consistent in a daily way. So <clears throat> right now, we are, um, we're just gonna take some time together. Um, I'd like you to think about, prayerfully consider what the goal should be. And then as you go through your homework, you can um, just make it even more specific. But consider with the goal now. And we're also gonna do some brainstorming. Uh, remember Christy's tip about the jot sheet? When you're trying to read and then your minds are over here and you got to reel your thoughts back. That was great. That was such a practical tip. And I know amongst all these women, there is just collective wisdom that we would love for you to share with one another at your tables, ways that you have found you can be consistent in scripture. Maybe ways you, you've found that you can memorize, do a song and dance, whatever. Um, but share it with one another. And if someone could re record it, either on your phone or a paper, and get it over to Christy, um, she will compile them all and send them out so that we can enjoy one another's, their journey, your journeys. We all have our individual ways of doing things. And there's no judgment. There's no comparison. This is not about that. This is about gleaning from one another's and benef benefiting from one another's journey.